0: You're listening to The Preaching Podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. In your Bibles, 2 Chronicles 7, and if you want to turn there, I don't even know that you need to turn there because I think it's a familiar passage, but I want you to uh, help me with this verse if you know it. It says in 2 Chronicles seven fourteen, If my people, would you read it with me or quote it with me if you've got it there or if you know it? If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. I want to draw your attention to that last phrase in 2 Chronicles 7 and verse number 14. I've preached on this passage several times. I'm not preaching the same message, I'm not preaching the same outline, I'm not even preaching really the same idea, because I want to draw your attention to this idea in verse 14 where God promises that he would heal their land. Did you know that people need healing? Individuals need healing. You're here today and you say, Pastor, I don't need healing. I'm not sick. I don't have an injury. I don't have a disease. I don't have that. Well, maybe you've got something else that needs to be healed. How many of you know we live in a society where there's a lot of depression going on? It's a lot of anxiety. Uh, there's a lot of pressure. And, and please don't ever feel like because you're a Christian, you're exempt from those things because Christians face those things just like anybody else. Now, the difference is you don't face them alone and I don't face them alone. And the difference is we have the answer to those things. Uh, you don't have to give in to depression. You don't have to give in to The pressures and the burdens and and the attacks and by the way we are under an attack and as a Christian you're not only uh, facing just uh, the the flesh uh, and the world but you are facing the devil and the more you try to live for God and the more you try to do what is right the more you will face those battles so I want to draw your attention to this we need to dismiss the pastors pals uh, ages three and a half through the third grade and I won't be long tonight, but we'll dismiss you uh, right now and We'll get right into the message. I told my wife uh, this afternoon. I said, Joanna I said here's my dilemma this afternoon. I said I've got too much to say and so I've got to narrow it down and uh, I've kind of made the decision. I'm gonna try to take these next few Sunday nights and We're gonna talk about the subject of healing uh, and, and what? It takes to experience healing from God. Our father, I pray that you'd speak to our hearts and I pray you give us what we need in these moments that we're together tonight. I thank you for your word. I thank you that your word has the answer. And Lord, I certainly want to do it justice tonight. I want to rightly divide the word of truth. I want to say it in the right way. Uh, but, Lord, I pray that you would uh, take over. I pray you would overcome my weakness and uh, my uh, my shortcomings. And I pray that you would help uh, this message to uh, be presented and help this message to be received in a way that only you can do. We ask and pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If you hold your place in 2 Chronicles 7, I want you to turn back with me to Exodus chapter 15. As we're looking at this idea of healing and we're looking at the idea of spiritual health, um, I believe that healing and health is important. Uh, How many of you know it's not fun to be sick physically? Would you raise your hand if you know that? Yes, Uh, it is awful. It's terrible. And Some of you, my heart goes out to you because you you battle uh, sickness and you battle things uh, all the time. But I want to tell you, if there was a way that you could be healed from that sickness, you would do it. And you are doing it, and you are doing everything you can for that. But I want to tell you, spiritually, we need healing. Uh, Emotionally, we need healing. And that is possible, and that is available through the Word of God. Notice Exodus 15 and verse number 26. God is uh, speaking to uh, his people after they are in the wilderness and they've been murmuring uh, there at the waters of Mara, And it says in verse 26, And said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God and wilt do that which is right in his sight and wilt give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee which I have brought upon the Egyptians. For I am the Lord that healeth thee. One of the names of God is discovered in this passage. Uh, We know that our God is Jehovah Jireh. He is the God that provides. We know that God is our Jehovah Shalom. He is the God who is our peace. Uh, We know that God is our Jehovah Nissi. He is God. He is our banner. Uh, We know that he is Jehovah, the I am God. He is the uh, all-powerful, self-existent one. But in this passage, we find that he is Jehovah Rapha, which is the God that heals. And friend, I want to tell you, Jesus came and we find in the New Testament, he is the great physician. And did you know that Jesus was not just limited to healing physical sicknesses, but Jesus was able to cast out devils. Jesus was able uh, to help those that were discouraged and those that were depressed. And we find that our God is able to heal. This is a miraculous healing. If you go to the doctor and the doctor prescribes a medicine, uh, or the doctor says you've got to have surgery, or the doctor says you've got to have this treatment. I thank God for that. And I thank God that God uses doctors and God uses those things. But I want to tell you, we're talking about a God who is able to do the miraculous. We're talking about a God that can do things that we could not even ask or think. He is all powerful. Isaiah 53, 5. The Bible tells us that we are healed by the stripes of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ on the cross, he bore our sins. Jesus Christ on the cross, he suffered and he bled and died. And the Bible says prophetically, and by his stripes, we are healed. I'm glad that there is healing in the blood of Jesus. I'm glad there is healing in the power of our God. Let's talk about our nation for a few moments. I've got a few other scriptures we'll turn to. Let's talk about our nation. The United States of America, and I I said it this morning, I thank God for this country. There's no other country I'd rather live in. This message is not a message to point out all the faults in our country because I believe this is the greatest nation on the face of the earth. And I thank God for this country. God has blessed America. But let's be honest. Our nation is hurting. And that has affected our churches. That affects you and I because we are in this world. We're not supposed to be of the world, but we are in this world. I think about just since March of 2020, and I don't talk a lot about COVID, um, but but think about what took place beginning in March of 2020. We went through a time in this nation where, if I'm honest, you, you, you may not be honest, but if I'm honest, I didn't know what in the world was going on. We had no idea what the next day would bring. I remember getting together with our staff and I remember getting together with our deacons and we're just trying to figure out what do we do as a church? What's the plan to go forward as a church? And we're not talking about what do we do when people get sick and what do we do uh, about the lockdowns and what do we do about all the, uh, the protocols and what do we do about all of those things? But can I tell you, that has had an effect on our country. That's had an effect on our church. I think about the fear that came from COVID. Do you remember when, when it was first announced and, and at first it, it wasn't here? And in March of 2020, it was not here. I remember the first person that I personally knew that had COVID was Brother Kenny Baldwin. And, and you know Brother Baldwin. He still comes and preaches and he's an amazing man. But that was the only person I even knew that had COVID for months and months. But can I tell you that, that time in our nation, that brought a lot of fear. It brought a lot of uncertainty. Um, I I remember as we would listen to the reports from uh, uh, the White House and from uh, the health department, and we listened to reports from our governor, and it changed every week. And not only did it change, I mean, it would change like majorly. I mean, like huge changes. And then as it went on, I think we all came to a point of saying, What's true? Uh, What's real? And as more came out, we we found out that there were things that were not true that we were being told. And then we found out that there were things that they knew that they just didn't want to tell. And then you, you, you turn on the news and you're thinking, what can I believe? I think about during all of that, I think about all the riots and the protests that were. You remember those days? On top of COVID and on top of all that uncertainty, uh, there were cities that were experiencing just chaos. And, and as, as a Christian, you're thinking, well, what's my role? What, what, is, what is God trying to do? What is, God, what is God's purpose in all of this? I think about the inflation. Now, let's be fair. We were warned, but I'm not so sure any of us believed just really the inflation that would come after COVID. Uh, all of the, the stimulus checks and all that. And, and what we were told, not by the ones giving them to us, but by everybody else, we were told, you're going to pay that back one way or another. That, that's, that's not free money. How many of you know there's no such thing as free money? Um, but the inflation. I think about what else happened in 2020 in the start of 2021 with our elections. And, you know, I, I, I found myself not knowing who or what to believe and what to think. And now here we are in the summer of 2023, and, and I still, I, I, I honestly, I cannot believe that I'm looking at who we have in leadership. Amen. And saying, this is the best we've got. This is the best we can do. And I'm talking about on both sides. I look at the president we have, and I think you ought to pray for him. And uh, I, I think there's a whole lot of things that are going on that we don't know. I think there's a whole lot of things going on that he doesn't know. I think we need to pray for him. But then I also want to say this. I think when you look at um, uh, the, the previous president, President Trump, I thank the Lord for a lot of policies. I thank the Lord for those Supreme Court appointees that were made. And, and by the way, we're reaping some blessings from that. And uh, and, and don't don't let that get hidden in the the small print in the news of what's going on for our religious liberties and uh, and marriage and and pro-life. And I thank God for all those things. But I think we also realize that when it comes to morality and decency, there's some problems there, too. And so our hope is not in a president. Our hope is not in a political system. But we've been affected by it. I believe our nation needs healing. And second chronicles 7:14 tells us that healing for a nation is possible. And I understand who this is written to. I understand this was written to the nation of Israel. But I also know that righteousness exalts a nation. I know that God blesses the nation that honors him. I know that those that seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, there is a blessing that is promised for those. I know that the wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. But I know there's a blessing and there's a promise for those nations that will put God first. But here we are as a nation. And I believe as a nation, we must turn back to God. You see, healing does not come You go to the doctor, and the doctor says, do this, do this, and do this, and you walk out and do the opposite. That's not the way to get healing. Or you walk out of the doctor's office, and you do nothing. And I think as Christians, sometimes we want to be healed, and we want revival, and we want to see God bless America, and we want to see this nation come back to God, or so we say. But we don't want to do the things that are necessary. Notice with me again in Exodus 15. I should have had you keep your place there. Even as God tells that he is the God that heals. But he says in verse 26, And if thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God and wilt do that which is right in his sight and wilt give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, That sounds like a pretty detailed prescription there. That sounds like it's not optional. God's not saying if you want to. God's not saying if you feel like it. He's saying if you will do these things, he says, then I will not allow these diseases and these pestilences to come upon you like the Egyptians experienced. But he says, I will be and I am the Lord that healeth thee. We must see healing in our nation. Our nation must turn back to God. I think about it, and I won't give you a a lot, lot of examples here. I'll give you a few. But I think about today. Not only is it July 2nd, but it's Sunday. And you know, there was a time in our nation when Sunday was the Lord's day. And I understand you say, well, Pastor, we know that. That's why we're here. That's why we're in church. And I thank God for that. I was looking over the crowd tonight, and I was just rejoicing just to see how many folks are in church. I know we've got a lot of folks that are on vacation, a lot of folks out of town. I understand all that. But I commend you for being in the house of God. I want to tell you, God honors those that put him first. God honors those uh, that honor him and those that respect and reverence him. But Sunday used to be devoted to God. In most cases, that's that's not true anymore. Sunday has become fun day. Sunday has become the day to do everything we want to do rather than a day that is devoted to God. Our nation is sick. Our nation is in trouble. We see symptoms of sickness, and the symptoms are serious, and the symptoms are obvious. We just came through the month of June. And I'll tell you, I thank God for the month of June, but I was about sick of the month of June. Because we see in our nation, we see everywhere we turn, that the LGBTQ is is not just advertised, it is praised, it is pushed, it is magnified, it is glorified as this is what you want. And friend, I want to tell you, that's not what I want. And that's not what God wants. And that is not what God is going to bless. That is what God is going to judge. But yet we see that in our nation. We've seen the push for the same-sex marriage, and we've seen the push for the, uh, the, the the transgender, and we live in a society uh, that is so confused, and a society that can't figure out. I, I wanna say this, if God made you uh, as a man, you're not gonna be happy trying to be a woman. And if God made you as a woman, you're not gonna be happy trying to be a man. God didn't make a mistake. But yet we live in a society that wants to to change everything, and a society that wants to go against the creator of the universe. We live in a society where the symptoms are everywhere of immoral behavior and adulterous behavior. We live in a society that actually thinks it's funny and thinks it's cute and thinks it's cool and thinks that's the way everybody ought to be. Friend, that's not the way the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that it is one man and one woman for life. And it's, it's not affairs and it's not flings and it's not let's just have a good time and let's just do whatever we feel like. The Bible gives us specifics of how we're supposed to live. I'll tell you this, and, and, and there, I, I know some of you, you probably, you hear it and you, you understand this. But there used to be a day when any Bible preacher would preach against alcohol. That used to be the case. Not anymore. It's so popular. So popular just to have a good time, go out, and just, 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 you know, drink. Don't get drunk, but just drink and have a good time. I want to tell you that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that wine is a mocker and strong drink is raging, and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. But we live in a society that promotes the drinking and a society that is now promoting and legalizing drugs. We live in a society that that is becoming the way of life. And friend, I want to tell you, if everybody else is doing it, that doesn't give you and I license or reason or motivation or justification. If the Bible says it's wrong, it's still wrong, no matter what the world says. Is it any wonder that we are living in a society where suicide is on the rise? Is it any wonder we're living in a society where where the crimes and the violence and all those things are going up? You know why? Because as a nation, we have turned our back on God. We have tried to kick God out. We have tried to remove the word of God. We have tried to remove that. And now we're facing the consequences. I believe tonight that in our nation, we need a whole lot more than a Band-Aid. Now, When my children come and they need a Band-Aid, they usually don't even need a Band-Aid. As a matter of fact, you're trying to find, you're trying to find where the scrape is, you know, but I want to tell you, we got more than a little scrape going on in our nation. We have a serious, serious problem. We need more than a Band-Aid. We need healing. We need more than just trying to treat the symptoms, but we need to get down to the problem and deal with the problem. Let's look quickly at 2 Chronicles 7. I'm just give you a few thoughts, and we'll be done. I see that we are sick. The Bible says we need healing, but we are sick. Number one, we're sick from pride. The Bible says in verse 14, If my people which are called by my name shall, what's that next word? Humble themselves. Healing cannot come unless you admit that you're sick. You can't go to the doctor's office and here you are dying and you try to tell the doctor you're okay. That's not how you get healed. That's how it gets worse. But yet we are sick from our pride. Healing cannot come unless we admit that there's a problem. Healing cannot come with an attitude or a spirit that we've got it all figured out. Now, friend, I'll be honest with you. I'll be the first one to tell you. I don't have all the answers. I was telling somebody recently, I said, the longer I live, the more I've got questions than answers. But can I tell you, I don't have all the answers, but I know this. I know where the answers are. I know the answers are in the word of God. And I know that God has a message and I know that God has a solution for us. And the day we think we don't need God, we are admitting our doom. We are admitting that we're in trouble because of our pride. God hates pride. As a matter of fact, God resists pride. And I'm not talking about the pride of the unsaved. Now, I'm talking about any pride. I'm talking about the pride of God's people. I'm talking about for somebody to come to church and say, well, that's good for everybody else, pastor, but I don't need that. That may be true for somebody else, but I can handle my sin. I I can live this way. I can do this. Uh, Nobody knows about it. I've got it under control. I want to tell you, that's pride. And God hates pride. He resists pride and God loves humility. The Bible says that, If we will humble ourselves and we will draw nigh to God, God draws nigh to us. God responds to humility. Pride says, I don't need God, but we do need God. And humility says, I need God every hour. Humility says, I need God every moment. I need him every second of the day. I see the sickness of pride. I see, number two, the sickness of Of prayerlessness. Notice what it says in verse 14. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray. Now, this sounds so simple, but it's not. You know why it's not simple? I shouldn't say it's not simple, it's basic, but it takes work to pray. How many of you know if you set out tomorrow, I challenge you, you set out tomorrow, you get a time and a place where you're going to pray. And I promise you, everything in the world is going to come up at that time to keep you from prayer. That's no coincidence. The devil knows that you and I are powerless until we get on our knees. And there is the sin of prayerlessness when we don't pray because prayer changes things. Prayer moves the hand of God. Prayer accomplishes the impossible, but prayer takes time. This is not the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man. Lord, give us a good day. Amen. I got my three seconds of prayer in, now it's time for my three hours of television. Now it's time for my four and a half hours of Facebook. Now it's time for my my five hours of shopping or my five hours of hunting or five hours of whatever. You you name it. Can I tell you, God's people must pray. And the, the recipe for revival is found here. We must pray, but we are sick from prayerlessness. Prayer takes focus. Prayer requires humility. Quickly, number three, I see we are sick in our priorities. The Bible says that if we would uh, humble ourselves and pray and seek God's face. Many times as Christians, our priorities are in the wrong place. I wonder what's your goal this week? What do you want to accomplish this week? I hope it's a goal to say, God, what do you have for me to do this week? God, what is your plan for me? What is your will? Uh, What does your word say? God, who do I need to witness to today? God, who can I serve today? Who can I live for today? Who can I help today? We're sick in our priorities by not seeking the will of God, by not obeying the commands of God, by not being committed to following Christ and fulfilling the Great Commission. And then lastly, I see we are sick because of perverse paths. You say, where do you get that? Well, verse 14 says that God's people must turn from their wicked ways. A a way speaks of a direction. It it speaks of a way of life. It speaks of of where you're going and where you're going to end up. If you get out here on Bowling Road and, and you, you continue on Bowling Road through the stoplight and you get on to Zoo Road and you get out there to 158 and you get to 158 and, and, and you, go, you go right, you go west towards Littleton, you can tell me all day you're not going to Littleton. You can tell me all day you're going to Interstate 95 and you're going to Weldon. And all day long, I will say, you can say whatever you want, but you ain't going that direction. And we can all day long, we can say, I'm going the way that God wants me to go. But the question is, are you? And am I? Because if you and I are on a path that is leading away from God, you can't say you're on the right path. You'd have to say that you are on a way that's going to lead to wickedness. Genesis 6. I'll just give you this one. I'm done. I've got quite a few examples of the ways of wickedness. But you know the first time in the Bible where you find the expression of of people being wicked? It's found in Genesis 6 in reference to the days of Noah. Can I tell you, in the days of Noah, the Bible says that the imaginations of the heart of the people were only, not mostly, but only evil continually. That's all they could think about. That's all that was on their mind was evil. It was wicked. It's how can we live for self? I used to think, well, does that mean that every every thought they had was a terrible, awful, wicked thought about doing some terrible, wicked thing? Not necessarily. But how many of you know that being wicked and being sinful and being evil, the Bible says, he that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin." And so we get get drawn away with wicked ways when our thought is only and always about what pleases self. You say, well, I'm not thinking about drinking and I'm not thinking about doing drugs and I'm not thinking about doing immorality. Good, I hope not. But is every thought that you have about what pleases you? Is every thought I have about what pleases me? Because the Bible says that we're not put here on this earth to live for ourselves. but we're, we're here to please the Lord. We're here to honor God and for his pleasure to please him. That's why we were created. And so we've got some sickness we've got to deal with as a nation. We've got the sickness of pride. May God help us. Uh, we've got the sickness in our nation that we've got to deal with of prayerlessness We've got the sickness of priorities that are wrong and perverse paths. And you say, well, I wish they'd get it right in D.C. Well, do you remember what verse 14 starts with? If my people. That's us. As Christians, the responsibility is not in D.C. Responsibility is with God's people. This morning, I preached from Matthew 23. And you know what's amazing? When Jesus was talking about the nation of Israel and the destruction, he never once mentioned the king. He never once mentioned the emperor, but he did mention the people that claimed to know God and what they did with the message that they had been given. And friend, tonight, if we're going to see a nation turned around, it's going to start right here. And as for me and for, for, for my family, It is my prayer that this nation would be turned around. It is my prayer that God would heal our land. And I just believe he can. I just believe he's uh, he's able. Pastor, it's so bad. I I understand it's so bad. But our God is the great physician. Our God is the healer. And if he says that he can heal a land, I believe he can. And I believe he will if we do what he says.